0: Welcome to Grace, New Hope, and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Today, Randy is teaching about Simeon and Anna. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke 2, 22, as we start our new series, Ben with Jesus. Let's listen now. Yeah, open up your Bible to the Gospel according to the position, the Gospel of Luke. This is, this is um, one of the synoptics. Matthew, Mark, and Luke—synoptic means same. It's very; these are similar. John's a very different, different gospel. We're gonna start this new series, "Been with Jesus," and and it really comes out of the Book of Acts when when these leaders are looking and they're like, "These are common people," but they they've been in the presence of Jesus, and when you've been in the presence of Jesus, it's different. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. I know. I know it's cold outside. And, and I, I know it's rainy, and, 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 and I know that second service is going to be twice as big as 9 o'clock. Whenever it's rainy and cold, I heard the wind last night, and I'm like, 10.30 is going to be huge today. So on 9 o'clock, I'm going to need your help this morning, okay? All right. So, so uh, I, I, wanna, I do want to talk to you today about this, this whole idea of where do we, where do we find Jesus? Where do we find the presence of the Lord? We're gonna look here at this story of Simeon and Anna in the Gospel of Luke chapter two. And if you got your Bible, stand with me. I wanna read for you beginning at verse 22. It's actually 27, sorry, I'm crying. All right. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. Parents, the the best thing you can do for your children is obey the father. That's the best thing you can do for your kids. He took him in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. I think about that song. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That's where this that song comes from, is right here. That you have, and it's. I love the fact that we have a child talking as I'm doing it. And you have prepared in the presence for all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And may God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. You know, we we are very intentionally a church that, that has stayed out of the political realm. Um, we went through all things, justice and COVID, and stayed out of the news and social media, and and we tried to go where you know God had us. But last week we dropped right in the middle of it. You may have read about this online. You know, it became this huge controversy. I I didn't even realize it was happening, and I started hearing the glimpses of it as just you know as people were leaving, and you know I didn't realize that. Um, that uh something so controversially had happened uh, it wasn't my intent but I just want to begin you know I, I realized that you know I didn't realize that the difference between this pulpit and that pulpit was going to make such a difference in the church but but uh, you know I'm at the, I'm over there at the door and people are walking out and they're like we really like the glass pulpit <laughs> and I'm like you know some people like Priuses and some people like Corvettes I, I can't, You know, control what you like, but but this was quite a controversy. People were tweeting me this week and texting my own children. You know, I I walked. Yeah, I got. I went home. We had we had lunch together, and my my own children are like, Dad, that that's that. It it's embarrassing, Dad. This is what people prefer, and I'm like, this little thing we got off Amazon for twenty bucks versus that amazing piece of art over there. So. So anyway. Oh, we're we're far from that. All right. All right, here we go. We'll we'll see if we can get it figured out. The the Dills actually made this for me. That's that is well, son. your son. Well, you you made it happen. <laughs> I don't know your son. I you know, take the props, okay? All right. So, um but uh but this is actually from Wilmore camp meeting. This is this is the camp where Anita and I started dating. I was speaking there, and I had somehow convinced her to be a a a, a staffer that summer and uh and then that camp closed down about twenty five years later and I got that it was a pew um, and listen there's revival going on in Wilmore, Kentucky right now in in my hometown at asbury university uh it, It's happened before and 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 classes get shut down and 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 it's been going on since Wednesday. It's an amazing thing. So, and I'm, I'm on a board up there and Anita and I are going um, on Tuesday. So I'm, I'm hoping it's still going on. That even, listen, I've, I've even heard that the weather, it, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on around this. I wanna talk to you about revival today. This, I had planned this out before I knew about that, but I do think there's a connection. I do think there's a connection. Here we go. I got to move fast. Last week was like the world's longest sermon. I can't do that again. Children are down there on the hallway being cared for. Luke 2, 21, this is a poor obedience. You are not held back by your finances. You might even just say that in your heart right now. At the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb, that this was, the, this was the pattern at eight days, you bring a male child to the temple and they're circumcised. This, this weekend has been pursuing Passion Weekend for our high schoolers. And we're talking about, yay, there's some high schoolers in here. And, and it's, it's living a life of sexual purity. They, you know, back, back in the 80s and 90s, we had these, these little cards and it said, I will remain sexually pure till marriage. Well, you can remain sexually pure in marriage too. As a matter of fact, remaining sexually pure in marriage, you know, it's, it's no, no, no. And then once you're married, it's go, go, go. Read the Bible. It's what it says. You got an entire book about this. And then we had our men's gathering yesterday and the, and the uh, former chaplain uh, for, for the, uh, this little team down the road, Georgia Bulldogs, um, who put a whooping on Kentucky yesterday, I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge that, um, in basketball, uh, w- was talking to our men about the same thing. You know, it's, it's interesting here about circumcision, and I'm not going far here, but you know, if you can trust God with that, everything else comes pretty easy. Amen. If you can trust God with that, everything else is pretty easy. And his parents, his parents came and they brought him according to the law and he was named Jesus. Now listen, your name is a door to your identity. Don't ever forget that. You may have been called something else growing up, but you've been given a name by your family. You've been given a name, Jesus It's the the Greek form of Joshua. These are both English alliterations, but it's it's Joshua, Jesus, Joshua. It's the same name. It means one who saves. You've been given a name. Don't listen to all those other names that you heard growing up, those names that were spoken over you. That's not your name. You've been given a real name. And listen, if you don't like your name, I think when you get to heaven, you can say, can we get a different name? You know, I always wanted to be like, you know, Elizabeth, you know, I, I didn't want to be Sally Joe. If there's a Sally Joe in the room, there's nothing wrong with that name, okay? So, but, but the name that you've been given, maybe you've heard a different name, but you've been given a name. You've been given a real name. It has a meaning to it. And if you look in the book of Daniel, you read this, in, in Daniel, they kept trying to give those guys different names. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not their names, them, because their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those names were all names about God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego all had to do with the gods of Babylon. Daniel's name got changed to Belteshazzar, but you go back and you read what it says in the book, they never called themselves by those names. Belteshazzar means Baal saves me, and Daniel's like, uh-uh. God's, it ain't Baal in that lion's den. Don't you forget your name. Don't you let those wrong names be bigger to you, even if you've given them to you yourself. That may be the strongest one. And when the time came, verse 22, for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, your first step in in parenting is obedience to your Father. Psalm 78, it's right out there on that wall that the next generation might know, that they would not go down the same path. Maybe you've gotta be a cycle breaker for your family. Maybe alcoholism has been, the, has been this, maybe it's brokenness, maybe your family story doesn't, doesn't, isn't something you really wanna talk about. You can change all that. You can change all that. You can change every part of that, your obedience to the Father and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. Now, Luke does something incredibly gracious here. He just says a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. But if you go back and you look in those verses, I've lifted those for you in your bulletin in, in Genesis and Leviticus and Exodus. If you go back and you look, this is what you're gonna see. If you were wealthy and you had a son, You brought him to the temple to be circumcised, and when you did that, you would bring a lamb and you would redeem him because the firstborn was committed to the Lord. If you were wealthy, you brought a lamb, and if you were poor, you brought pigeons or doves. Luke leaves that out. You know, there's some things you don't have to say. Luke leaves that out. The statement's there. Your physical, your fiscal, not physical, your fiscal situation. Does not keep you from serving God. Amen. Amen. We were in Cambodia. We were at the widow's church. These ladies live on essentially like this: two sheets of four by eight plywood on some on some stilts, about this far off the ground. Piece of metal over it. They might have some curtain around it for privacy. We're giving this rice and oil to these ladies. They'll. They'll get that, they may throw an egg in there, or, or they, they have some chickens that live underneath, they may throw a chicken in there once a month, that's their food. About 15 minutes after we give this out, I mean, it's just, these ladies are just so thankful. 15 minutes after we give this out, here they come with their little bag of 10% of their rice and 10% of their oil. And I turned to my friend Rob and I said, listen, I got this man, let, 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 I'll pay, whatever that is, just let them keep it, he goes, He grabs me, he goes, don't you dare take away their dignity. Your your fiscal situation does not hold you back. Don't ever believe that. Here's the next thing to believe. Don't ever think you're too old to bless. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Simeon Bell, by the way, is gonna preach for us Palm Sunday. So excited to have Simeon back. And this man was righteous and devout. See, he was prepared for the moment. That word righteous and devout, it means dependable and devotional. He had prepared for this moment. We're gonna see why in just a second, but he had prepared for the moment. You know, I like to, I like to ride bikes and I, I like to bike race. And when you, you get to the starting line, and you know, which by the way, cycling is this thing where, you know, bike clothes is nature's way of saying, you're not done yet, honey, get back out on the road. But, you, but, but you're there at the starting line, and what's different about, like, I ran track in college, and you kind of look at people and know who's good. I mean, you just kind of can see it. But in cycling, it's not necessarily that way. There's, there's people that don't look like they're fast, and they're really fast. But everybody's at the line, you know, and you're, you're there at the starting line, you look, and man, some of these guys got like $12,000, $14,000 bikes. They weigh like nothing, they're like negative weight, <laughs> filled with helium or something, I don't know. And then they got their $600 shoes and their helmets, and, and, and they got all their, their GPSs and all this stuff, and man, you're looking at them, and you're like, man, I bet they're fast. And this one race we do, it starts downhill, the Hencappy up in South Carolina, and, and you're going downhill for like the first 12 miles. Everybody's fast going downhill. Matter of fact, if you're less fit, you're actually faster going downhill. Gravity, baby, it's helping And then we get to that first hill. And then you know who's prepared. Now you know who just bought a bicycle or who's been out there on the bicycle. It's like the difference between history class and math. You know, with history, you can kind of squeeze your way through, right? Like you get a question, you know, explain the key points of the Gettysburg Address. You can say like, well, Lincoln went to Gettysburg to address the people of Gettysburg. It was an important address. There were things on Lincoln's mind that only Gettysburg could hear. You just keep using the words of the question over and over again, and you can get a C. <laughs> math, Matthew's not like that, is it? No, math, math, there's a right or wrong answer with math. Now, you might get some partial credit, but there's a right or wrong answer. This guy was dependable and devout. He, was, he had been preparing for this moment. Your age is not something that keeps you back. I, I want to recognize here someone who has been stepping into people's lives and has not allowed age to keep them back. Because our sweet sister Robin Dill has been working with people who are dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia. And and I Robin, would you stand? Would you stand? I, we just want to acknowledge this. Listen to this church. So she started this ministry in 2005. Robin, how many people, don't, now don't give us the real number, all right? Don't, don't make it less, all right? If it's a guy, if guys, we always up our stats, but ladies always diminish their stats. How many, how many people have come through the programs that you've led, do you know? Thousands. She's the professional caregiver of the year in this area. (laughs) Stepping into the lives and bringing hope and dignity back to people. Showing how to do that. What a powerful thing. We're so thankful for you. I've got to see you. It is to God's glory. It's your story. Yeah, it's his glory. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel it says, this, this is what he was out there because he had some hope. He knew things were not good. There's a, there's a story, it's called Tales of the Kingdom. It's a great story. If you've got young kids, you can get it. There's a trilogy of it. And it talks about the rangers and they're at Great Park and they're, they're fighting against the enchanter in Enchanted City. And, and the rangers try to rescue people and bring them to the Great Park where a caretaker, Holy Spirit, the prince, that's easy, the king, that's easy, are there in in inmost circle and they worship together and they go out and, and the rangers though, there's a wall and the rangers look over into Enchanted City and they yell out down the way, how goes the world, how goes the world, how goes the world and they yell back, the world goes not well, the world goes not well but then one goes, but the kingdom comes. He's waiting for something here. He knows that something is going to happen. He's not exactly even sure what it is. Maybe that's where you are today. But he's watching. He's watching. He knows that that his people have fallen into the lie. It says in Jeremiah 2.13, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. The fountain of living water and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. He knows that that's where Israel is right now. Religiously, politically, he knows that's where they are, but he's waiting for the consolation, that that something's going to happen, and he's waiting for that. And it says the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. He would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, which is instituted when Jesus come, the old will dream dreams, the young will have vision. But you gotta put yourself in a place where you'll see that. Malachi 3.1, it says, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Simeon knew that, so he's at the temple. It's the same thing in 1 Samuel chapter 3. You know that story when he says, Sam, Samuel, Samuel, he calls out and he goes to Eli over and over and over again. Where is Eli? Because it says the word was rare. The word was rare. It was Eli's job to bring the word. And Samuel is on his face at laying in the temple near the Ark of the Covenant, in the tabernacle for the Ark of the Covenant. And Eli's in his apartment You gotta put yourself in a place where you're gonna hear the word of God. You gotta put yourself in that place. So, Simeon is there and he came in the spirit in the temple and the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him. Remember this, according to the custom of the law, you're just doing the next right thing here. He took him in his arms, he blessed God. Lord, You are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for the glory to your people Israel. It's a message here. Watch for God's plan, not your prejudice. Let me show you. First of all, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. You think he was looking for a baby? I need a warrior, I need a ninja coming in with some ninja moves, and I, I, on a white horse, I, 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 need, I need a champion to ride in here, and it's a baby. And then, then, look, what, then look what it says here. It says, it says, a light for the Gentiles. He begins with the Gentiles. Josh was telling me a story, I got a picture of it. He was in Samara and there's this corpsman carrying this guy on his back. And the photographer that takes this picture yells out to the corpsman, he goes, you know that's an Iraqi Republican guard. And the corpsman yells back, yeah, you know I'm an American. He put put his prejudices aside. He was open to what God would be doing. Wasn't even sure of what it was. But it's a lot of fun, isn't it? When you walk in his spirit, you get up in the morning and you open the word and you say, God, do some things today. And then you start walking through your day and you're listening and you're watching and then you see it all over the place. It's like when Yuri Gagorin, which Yuri Gagorin said he didn't say this, by the way. But he goes out into space and they said that he said, I'm out here, there is no God. It's very different than the astronauts that knew Jesus, what they said. They they get out there and, and they see God everywhere. When you learn that sensitivity to his Holy Spirit, it takes time. It starts by knowing this. It starts with his word. Verse 33, and his father and his mother marveled at, at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. It's interesting. Simeon doesn't speak to Joseph. Huge cultural thing here. He speaks to Mary. I don't know if he knew something. Joseph is there at age 12, and then he's not really in the picture anymore. Bible doesn't say what happened. It, it wouldn't have been about unfaithfulness, But something happens in the story. But Simeon says to Mary, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and a sign that is opposed. Now watch this, and a sword will pierce through his own soul also, through your own soul also, that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. There is a joyous pain in parenting. In just a few verses, Luke 2, 49, Jesus, they they go back when he's 12, and, and he goes, and they can't find him. And he goes, don't you know I'm about my father's business? You know, we're not trying to raise great kids. You do know that. We're trying to raise great adults. There's a difference between those two things. Our goal is not 13 years old or even 18 years old. 18, whoo, got that done with. No, far from it, right, parents? No, that's when it starts. We're trying to raise adults here. And sometimes, listen, listen, you can, you can smash a kid's spirit down and you can turn out an 18-year-old that doesn't have a bunch of junk around them and then they go to college and the door gets open, and they don't know how to run in the pasture. We're trying to raise adults here, but, but this, was about, this was about Jesus knew that there was something going on in him and he's trying to explain it to his mother. Matthew chapter 12, you can read this this week. We'll put it in the devotions. He he says, my family is the disciples. Now you're welcome to be one. And then at the cross, Jesus says, mother behold your son. We are not held back by our money. We are not held back by our age. We are also not held back by our culture. Watch this. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. It's about probably 60 years. About 60 years. She'd been doing the same thing. She'd been going to the temple. She'd been watching for the Messiah. Her social position did not diminish identity, she had lots of reasons to be bitter, but she chose to be better. Maybe you've been in a situation, maybe you've had something happen in your life, you feel like it's driven you down, listen, your social position, the things around you, your circumstance, don't let those things make you bitter, let those things make you better, because God's got a purpose. She didn't depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all, look at this, to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Her situation did not diminish her vision. There's three big keys here that we see in her life. First of all, she was a woman of prayer. You're not gonna change the world unless you pray. You are not gonna change the world unless you pray. God has been doing some amazing things in our church really starting in January. I think what's going on in prayer has a lot to do with it. We're doing a prayer night tomorrow night. You're welcome to come. It's an hour. It's seven to eight. There's no national title game to compete with it this month. There's something going on tomorrow night. I don't understand it yet. but I'm real excited about it. There's God's moving in some people right now. I don't fully understand it. God's been moving in our young people, in the 20 to 30 year olds in this church. They've been coming in number, more and more and more. I don't understand it. There's some people that are coming that I think God is going to use in an incredibly substantial way. I don't fully understand it yet, but you know what, I don't have to. You know what, I just gotta be faithful. That's all you gotta be, that's all you gotta be. She was praying, she was looking. She went about her day looking for God, looking for what he had. Go about your day, this is why, look, nothing against people that do their devotions at night, that's great, but when you do in the morning, You just watch. The other thing that's really cool is is every single day, this, this happens every day. Somebody comes up to me and asks me a question and I read about it that morning and I answer them and they think I'm so smart. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just read it this morning. It's amazing how that works. And she used her voice. And you've been given a voice. Sometimes it goes back to your name. She looked and she saw the face of God. Her daddy's name, it's not in here randomly from the tribe of Asher. See, she had an identity. You know what her daddy's name meant? Face of God. She grew up new in that phrase. The face of God. So let me wrap up here, worship team, you can make your way. We were in Israel in April, I'm so thankful, I enjoyed every minute of it, it was life-changing trip. Every believer needs to try to set aside time and money to go and do that, it's an amazing thing. It'll change everything about everything. You're in those places, you're in those places, you're touching the places. And there's some things, they're like 70% sure, there's some place 90% sure, but then there's some places like, no, this is where it happened. There's a lot of fascination with the temple. It's, it's not a temple now, the temple's gone. You, you, can, you can only get so close, it's a, it's a mosque now. There's a retaining wall, the wailing wall. I, I went down there at night. It, it's, it's an amazing experience, but but as, as we were there, they have this, Tour that you can do, and you go under the city wall, and and you go under the city wall, and down there is is this this um, pool, and it's where people would bathe before they would go into the temple. It's right, they've it's there, it's all there. And then you go through these chambers, and you know it's been Jerusalem's been built on, built on, built on, built on. And we're walking through, and we're about twenty feet underground, and we come to this place, and 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 there's these symbols on there, and and our guide says. This is adjacent to the Holy of Holies. He said, they were digging here, and this is all we know. They called Netanyahu and, and all the leaders of Israel, and they all came and they all went in here, and they stopped and they sealed it up. That's all we know. And I'm like, this is really, really cool. that's not where you find the Spirit of God. Let me tell you where you find Him. Matthew chapter 28. He says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe Everything that I've commanded you. And then in the middle of that command, after he says all authority, in the middle of that command, this is what he says and behold. Some of your Bibles say, Lo. That's why you don't witness on airplanes. It's a joke. It's a bad joke. All right. Especially at the ending of the sermon. I won't do that second hour. (laughs) Behold. Pay attention. I already told you to pay attention. You're you're at you're at morning gathering. You're a police officer, and you're at morning gathering, and then you're paying attention, and then then the, the captain says, "Now listen, I got something real important to tell you." Now you're a, you're in school, and and you're studying. You're getting ready to take the final, and the, and the teacher goes, "Hey, listen, here's the last." You're at study session. The stu- professor says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa listen." This, you've got to know. You're at your wedding and you're getting ready to say that last part of the vow. You gotta really pay attention here. Jesus says, behold, pay special attention here. I'm with you always. You wanna experience the presence of God? Make disciples. That's where the presence of God is going to be. I've uh, told you this story before. You're gonna hear it again. November 2nd, 1942, my dad's on a boat, a commando raid into North Africa. Boat gets hit. On that boat, as those shells are flying across Machine guns are firing from the shore, strafing the water. Everybody who's jumping off, there's two boats. The, guy, the other boat's already emptying out. They're abandoning it. They're strafing the water. Dad's like, There's no way I'll live through this. He says, Lord, if I live or die, I'll be faithful to you for the rest of my life and I'll tell everyone who'll listen about you. We were in a shop one day and I said, Dad, when that was going on were you afraid and he goes you know you're not really afraid he goes there's not really time to be afraid you've had your training and you know you've you've had bullets flying over your head in training and all those kind of things but he goes he goes you just kind of come to this point of resolution and i said what were you thinking about then i said was it the pain when you got blown off that boat into the atlantic was it Was it the machine guns firing? What were you thinking about? And he goes, no, I just heard this bell. Because his dad was just a common man. He was a blacksmith. But he would go to the church in the morning, see he knew fire blacksmiths, no fire. And he would go to church in the morning and he would, on a cold Kentucky morning, he would build the fire in that stove. You remember those stoves? It was a thousand degrees, about two feet away and you get five feet away and it's cold again. But my grandpa would go and he would build that fire. And then he'd ring the bell at one hour, at 30 minutes, at 15 minutes, at five minutes, And then when it was time for church, he would ring that bell and it would go all across those hollers and valleys of Kentucky. You could hear it everywhere. I remember hearing that bell as a little kid. And dad said, I just heard that bell. And he said, I told the Lord, if you give me a chance, I'll ring that bell. Church, I know the world goes not well But the kingdom comes. But he needs us to ring a bell. He needs us to ring a bell. You wanna know what it feels like to walk with God? Get in a relationship and disciple somebody and you go, you know, I don't know enough. Yeah, you do. You know, Jesus, you go, I'm too old. Are you kidding me? Do you know that every culture in the world except ours actually honors that? It's just in Cambodia, like they they follow me around and serve me like I'm a king or something because I'm old and I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, I'm really special. And Rob goes, no, you're just old. <laughs> you're not too old. You go, well, I'm a woman. Show me where in scripture you don't have a voice because of that. You go well. I, I I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not from the right. Whatever word you put in there, God's like, I ain't hearing that. I got a place for you. I got a place for you. We were. We were. Uh, we. Sarah's going to talk to you about chances to serve, and I got to get off this stage so she can do that. but it's on the Church Center app. And I said, where do you sign up? And she goes, will you go to the place where it says more? I'm like, that's the perfect place to put that, more. Deb, you probably don't have time on Tuesday nights to do what you do, do you? You got a busy job, you got a busy life. You get up, what time you get up in the morning, like three o'clock, 3.45? but she serves. Sometimes till really late at night. I watch sometimes when you leave here, I make sure everything's okay when you leave. I know what time you leave here. You wanna see the presence of God? Make disciples. You think you can't do it? That's a lie that comes from the pit of hell and it smells like smoke and that's not what Jesus says because Jesus said, listen, You don't have to be that good at it because you know what he said? He would be with you. And he's pretty good at it. He's pretty good at it. You're not washed up. You're not done. I tell myself that just about every morning. Jesus, we pray for revival. We pray that you would do amazing things. But God, I pray first and foremost right now across this room this morning that we would remember that it isn't what we have. It's who we have. it's It's not what our abilities are. It's our ability to submit to you. It isn't about the titles that we put before or after our name. It's about whose child we are. And we are a child of the King blessed with every spiritual gift that we need to fulfill the work of the church together. God, move. Do hear what you're doing in Kentucky. I don't know how you wanna do it. I don't know how you wanna move. I'm just kind of watching this thing, Lord. It's really fun to watch. I love that you're doing it in these people that I love. In Jesus' name.